Hi, I'm Richard Bond, and I am the producer and director of the Tupac Assassination movies. Over the last 12 years, I have learned a lot about Tupac, and I'd like to share with you what I know. You don't have to come and confess. We're looking for you. We gon' find you. We gon' find you. So you can run and tell that. Run and tell that. Run and tell that. Homeboy. Home, home, homeboy. Hey, everybody. It's RJ Bond here. And as always, I am with Mr. J.M. Kazi. How you doing? What's going on, guys? How's everybody doing today? Hopefully, y'all enjoyed our past shows. And looks like we're going to be wrapping up season two. So, RJ, take it away. Well, we are going to be wrapping up season two. I think we're going to bundle them up in groups of eight shows, and that'll be our season, eight episodes, and then we'll go into another season. But we're going to take a couple weeks off because uh, we have so much information that we've got to plow through that it's just getting hard to not only pull the information but understand the significance of the information before we put it out. So it's you know it's one of those things where you got to go through everything you got to look at the context you got to look at it now you know recently uh, i think you heard jm i think you're the one who told me that old reggie wright decided to come out and uh uh talk about the information that we've been putting out over the last couple of weeks and you know i i'm listened to it and i'm just stunned at how wrong they have a bunch of stuff and this is how little regard they have for it, that they're just spewing out a bunch of facts that aren't true, like that the police officer at the estates was actually a allied security guard guy. And, you know, I don't know if it's dumb or if they do it on purpose to try to derail it, because if it's a police officer that's making a statement, it has a lot more credibility to it than a security guard making a statement. But they, you know, so I think sometimes they twist facts we assume that they're being ignorant about it, and I'm not so sure that that's a safe assumption. You know, it's kind of like somebody told me once, you know, dumb as a fox, right? Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah, absolutely. And, and just to touch on that, you mentioned that Allied Security Report, and basically what they do is they really misguide their, their audience to believe that kind of thing. And, of course, they're not going to go back and check any of this stuff. So what they do is they marginalize it to be Allied Security so it doesn't seem... Such uh, has such importance, so it's like Barney Five taking a, a report compared to you know maybe a top notch cop like T.J. Hooker or whatnot. I'm just using an analogy there, but right, that's that's what we're facing. Yeah, it's it's again you know, and then of course their their people are going to believe what they tell them, and they go run off, and none of them because again none of them really want to confront their own confirmation bias and think that for once that they, they, they might be being told something that's incorrect. I mean, I think I can say incorrect safely, whether or not that's a negligent incorrect or an intentional incorrect. That's the hard part about this, you know, is you can't get inside a man's head and figure out what they're doing. But like to your point, I mean, they trivialized this. Um, Allied security kept the gate logs. They're the ones who log people in and out. They are not the ones that were hired to be there that night for the party. And again... It just goes to show, you know, how little of these facts that, that are really cared about. But then uh, Reggie drops the, uh, I, I don't know if it's a bomb, but he just very casually says, oh, yeah, we had a crane-colored Cadillac. Yeah, we, we, we leased it. Okay. Well, it kind of yeah. makes me it kind of makes me wonder why, and I've gotten a lot of email about this too, by the way, um, that uh, suddenly that little tidbit comes out 25 years later that 
Oh, mm -hmm. gee, Death Row had a actually had a cream color Cadillac, and it was part of the entourage. So thank you for confirming everything that was in those reports. We know that to be true. And of course, you know, Kazi, this is the, I guess this is kind of the danger with going into facts and go discussing them. Um, you know, and this is kind of what Vegas, I think, part of the reason Vegas didn't want a lot of this stuff out there was because, you know, uh, clearly they were honed in with the different reports that they had written on a Cadillac being in the entourage. And, you know, it, it's almost just as easy to see somebody being baked into the equation with the Cadillac and the entourage as it is to see uh, all the hoops that you have to jump through to get Orlando Anderson to shooting Tupac. Okay. You know, and, and so I think that that's, again, this is the whole thing about alerting people of interest or talking to, you know, letting things out because then this information can be marginalized or trivialized. I don't think it's trivial and I don't think Vegas PD thought it was trivial either. They've mentioned it, you know, several times to the point where they had people come in to take statements about it. Your thoughts on that? Well, I just think that conveniently all these things pop up, as you mentioned, 25 years later. And basically, I mean, he, he just, <laughs> I, I just, I just can't believe the things that he, that he says. And, and, you know, I, I just can't, I mean, I, I don't really have any words for it to be honest with you, RJ. I mean, I just listen to him and, you know, basically my, my ears go deaf because I've just, I've just heard these things and they've been repetitive. So, well, that's because you're a groupie. That's because you're a groupie. Oh, oh yeah. And that's, and that's because I'm a groupie, but there again, I'm not the, you know, the people that are on the channel that are, you know, taking their time to donate money to him because he needs five hundred and fifty dollars. And I and I don't want to talk bad about a guy who's a job. You know, I'm certain that yeah, we could, we said to, uh, we said we weren't going to do that. That was what we said we weren't going to do, right? We weren't going to do that, right? You know, but right. let's let's be honest. I mean, you know, I I find it interesting that you know instead of just sticking to your guns and talking to the facts, and if you want to dismiss things out of hand, that's fine. But you know, when you run around and call people names it just speaks it just speaks of you know you've got nothing else to say you've got nothing nothing that adds any value to the conversation in terms of uh information evidence storyline narrative whatever you know when you run out of that that's when you start insulting people calling people meth head and calling people these other things you know uh you know, and and I think it's interesting. You know, there's a lot of names that could be uh, thrown around too. You know, they call me a racist. They call you a groupie. And again, that's that. But that goes into the bigger picture. And the bigger picture is, what are we trying to do about the narrative? Okay. And it's been this way when the LAPD. You know, when LAPD wanted or Compton PD, excuse me, wanted to hand over Orlando Anderson to the Vegas police, and the Vegas police weren't interested in him then suddenly the Vegas police weren't doing their jobs. And they came up with this right. whole this whole narrative about... And, and I think it's interesting because, uh, again, we even talked about it a little bit in Assassination 2. That's full disclosure there. Uh, but I've had a lot of time to reconsider that because, you know, there's this thought that Vegas didn't... You know, what's that saying? Vegas didn't want to solve it because Vegas at that time was going to be a family town and they didn't want a bunch of rappers there and they didn't want a big trial in the middle of their city and they didn't want all that. And that's why they, they didn't want to solve the case, okay? 
Well, on further reflection, I think it's the dumbest thing I've ever heard because number one, cops don't care about publicity. They solve a case, they solve a case. Russell Poole never cared about that. Good cops don't care about that, okay? The politics of it. That That's the first thing. That would, I, yeah. that would actually be, if you really think about it, that would actually be a feather in their cap. Yeah, it, it would. would. such a high-profile murder. Yeah, if anything happens, okay, so what do you, what, you're a family, you want to come to Vegas. What do you want to hear? Come to Vegas with your family. If one of them gets murdered, we'll never investigate it. Okay? Or, come to Vegas. If something happens to your family, we're on top of it. We're going to solve this thing. Okay? I, I don't right. believe it's in their best interest from a publicity standpoint that they were worried so much about a big case there. Vegas has never been worried about controversy. I mean, there it's a town run by mob people. Okay? Vegas gonna kind of thrives on controversy a little bit, you know the whole gambling thing. They bucked the system until other casinos were, you know, built, uh, it, you know, outside of Vegas and Atlantic City for you know fifty years. They had a run on the market, and the whole thing about it was Sin City. You don't, you don't <clears throat> think that's controversial, you know? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, they, you they know, movies about it. Yeah, you know what? What? And then they, and then the next part was, well, they abandoned the family thing. Now it's. What happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. Well, okay, well, if they're that worried about controversy, they wouldn't even come up with a slogan like that, okay? If they, if they weren't worried about that, you know, and that's, so that's the, yeah, come to Vegas. If one of your family members gets killed, we'll never solve it. You know, that's really, the, that's really what they want people to take away from all this? No, I don't think so. You know, and, and again, the other part of it, too, was that Vegas's dalliance into family affairs and and uh you know amusement parks and stuff like that had less to do with their interest in making a family-friendly place than it did a lot of the real estate problems that were happening at that time and and so that's also got to be kept in perspective there were a lot of other reasons why vegas had to change its brand of marketing away from family amusement to um to other you know to more of an adult gaming thing i mean you know Hey, you try it, you fail, whatever the case might be. I mean, I was just watching a documentary about uh, in Dubai, they've created, uh, they've used like ocean sand to create man-made islands. And they've created literally thousands of man-made islands all off the coast of Dubai. And none of them, only like one or two out of the thousand or so have been developed on. And what's worse is now that they pulled all the sand off what used to be a flat ocean floor, they've created trenches, they've created and basically altered the entire ocean floor. So now currents move differently, tides move differently. There's a lot of things that move differently. And yet they, because of the investor crisis and money falling out and there's good economic times and bad economic times, there's a bunch of islands made out of sand that they're sitting off the coast of Dubai not being developed. So, you know, it, 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 yeah. it's, it's one of those things where there's a lot of other reasons why Tupac and Biggie, or especially Tupac, had nothing to do with why Vegas went, you know, went against going to family things. And I don't think for a minute that it was on the minds of the cops. They want that place to be known as being safe. Who cares about the rappers, uh, you know, right. being there and, and causing, you know, because that's one whole side of the news. L.A. didn't suffer because of the publicity of the O.J. case. And in fact, it drew more people to town as a result of the curiosity and all that. So, I, again, this is, I, in my opinion, I think this is just another one of those 
convenient rationalizations that, uh, oh, Vegas didn't want to solve it. Why? Because they didn't come up with the answer you wanted them to come up with. You know, they didn't buy your narrative, so it's clearly they didn't want to solve it because you had it solved, and they just didn't want to solve it because, as Greg Kading said, all they had to do, all Sugar Knight would have had to do was just say who did it, and that would have been it. He just All he had to say was Keefe D, he saw Keefe D, or he saw Orlando Anderson, and that was the guy who shot him. Well, yeah, sure, if Suge Knight said Santa Claus shot him, they could arrest Santa Claus. You know, all he has to do is say Santa Claus shot him. We'll go arrest Santa Claus, okay? You know, you know that's... So... Again, it, it's one of those uh, kind of rationalizing after the fact. You know, you want you want Orlando Anderson to be the guy so bad because it fits your narrative. It's so so bad. Vegas isn't buying it. I mean, he came. Brent Becker came out and said we've never considered Orlando Anderson a suspect. Thank you, Kathy Scott from Kathy Scott's third edition of her book. Okay. They never considered him. I mean, that's case closed as far as I'm concerned. They never considered him. Does that mean they didn't do their job? Well, I I've got hundreds and hundreds of documents that say they were working, okay? I've got grand jury stuff. I've got a lot of stuff that says they were working. So to say that they weren't doing their job, maybe they were doing their job and maybe they have a different reason for having or not having Orlando Anderson as a suspect, and they said it because Orlando Anderson had an alibi. There you go, ladies and gentlemen. If that's a bombshell to you, well, there you go. Okay, Orlando Anderson had an alibi, and we're not necessarily even talking about the Corey Edwards thing. Okay, according to Brent Becker in the Vegas Metropolitan Police Department, Orlando Anderson was actually taken away when he was led away from the guards that were there, apparently, or the cops. He was taken downstairs by hotel security and was questioned further about the event. And the reason that they're going to do that is because he didn't want to file a police report, and everybody knows that. But the hotel security themselves, because it's private property, an altercation and an incident and an injury happened on their property. They have to fill out their own reports, insurance claim forms and all that, just in case Orlando Anderson comes back after the hotel and tries to sue them. Or anybody else that might have gotten injured or somebody that watched it said, oh, I have traumatic experience now. I'm having trauma because I saw a bunch of guys beating each other up in the, lo in the elevator lobby. Okay, those are all things the MGM has to consider that have absolutely nothing to do with their friggin' stupid narrative. Okay, they take and they took him downstairs. Well, again, what do we know that Vegas ha has from MGM? What do we know they have? They, they have the uh, footage. In right. Their vault they got the tapes. The They've seen it. They know. Okay, they know. So if they say they took him downstairs, he has an alibi. Guess what? They've got proof. Okay, and that's that. Right. Okay, that's that. So suddenly, but if you look at the narrative, and, and I want to bring something up too, because I think it's I think it's kind of important as we wrap up this particular season of podcasts. I think one of the things that you guys need to understand, anybody who's listening out there, and I think we haven't, I don't know that we've done a great job of communicating this, but I, I want to say it so that that way the record is clear. The people that have you have heard from over the last 25 years, the people that you have heard from, have all been in one way or another related to death row records. I can only name on one hand maybe a couple of witnesses that we knew about that didn't have something to do with death row records. And they're therefore, or and, and even if it's second or third hand removed, was affiliated with a gang that was affiliated with death row records. That, you know, all of this was coming from one side of the house, okay? 
Um, and and that's what you heard. I mean, let's see, even Frank Alexander, Michael Moore, they were still tied up with death row. Kevin Hackey tied up with death row. The only people that we've heard from in all of this are the people from death row, and they all have their individual reasons for doing and saying what they say. I mean, that's, would that be a fair statement? That'd be a fair statement, wouldn't it? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And you always talk about death row derangement syndrome. Yeah, right. <laughs> And so all these you know, people, I mean, and now all of a sudden with the release of the Vegas PD files and Phil Carson and some other people that are coming out now, suddenly we're starting to hear from people that aren't death row people and what they have to say. And of course, anybody that's not death row, anybody that's not team death row or team Reggie or team Suge or team that, you know, all those people have their stories. And if these people, like the witnesses and people like that that Vegas have interviewed, have no problem bringing these facts out, then you're now hearing from a whole different set of people. Now you're now you're getting a different story than all what the death row people knew. Because again, the death row people are going to know what they know, right? They're going to know what they know. They're not going to know what Vegas knows. They're not going to know that. Right. I mean, even Greg Kading, who says he had all the files from Vegas and everybody, you know, has everything, 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 says he's got it all. Well, somehow this stuff didn't even bother to pop up on the radar, even in his book about it, because you would think if he knew there was a cream color Cadillac in the entourage or a light color Cadillac in the entourage, he would have probably put it in his book because he'd want to make sure that he got ahead of it and tried to differentiate that one from the Orlando Anderson white Cadillac, right? We, you know, because you don't want to get anybody confused about white Cadillacs. You know, it's raining white Cadillacs in Vegas, apparently. Okay. Right. Okay. So what we have to keep an eye on and keep mindful of is that this is the first time in a long time, with the exception of like a guy like Russell Poole, that we are now hearing from people outside of the death row camp you know for a long time it was like frank alexander and michael moore's word against reggie wright's word it was kevin hackey's word against reggie wright's word it was reggie against suge it was frank against suge it was michael moore against suge it's like the fucking death row tennis match okay right and it's those guys and so investigators and people like me who have an opinion about it we got to get caught in the middle of all of it but this is the first time that we've been able to break away from it and said you know what yeah every, okay y'all said what you're gonna say Okay, y'all have had plenty of time to get your story out there. And this is my point a bit about Mob James and everything. You had 25 years to tell your stories, okay? The fact that you're surfacing now for whatever profit motive you want to surface for and tell a story that maybe you should have told 20 years ago, that's on you, okay? That's just, that. that's on you, okay? And, yeah. and I find it very, I find it very um, um, distasteful, I guess would be the word I would use. Well, the way the way I see it is basically, if you if you listen to them sometimes, they you, you can kind of tell that they don't really have true, really true love for Tupac, you know, especially the way they they mention certain things. But you know, if it's beneficial for them to go ahead and eat off his name, and that brings me to another point is like, you know, particular people calling, you know, our group culture vultures, which doesn't make oh. any sense because if you because if you really want to be contradicting yourself, basically, his sidekick is Caucasian. So I'm assuming that he would be a culture vulture as well. So, you know, you can't yeah. have one or the well, other. Well, it's either, that, it's that I've, I've always talked about this ridiculous street code that's out there 
that means one thing to one person and means something else to another person. Everybody snitches on everybody, but nobody snitches. Okay, that you know that's everybody rats out everybody, but nobody rats out. According to the street code, nobody rats anybody out, right? But everybody rats out. I forget the interview. I just watched an interview. Where somebody said that. Like, look, everybody rats everybody out on the street. Okay, just that's that's how cops make arrests. Okay, there's informants out there. If the money gets enough, you know, but. Let, you know, let's talk about culture vultures for a minute, because one of the things that's interesting to me is that you can use that term culture vulture, which sounds cutesy and means absolutely nothing because you've never identified what the fuck your culture is. OK, that's the thing. And now what they're trying to do is get people mad about it and say that it's a black culture thing. OK, and I'm not there. I don't believe that for a minute because I think there's a lot of good black people out there that aren't uh, drug dealers, that aren't crack addicts that aren't drug heads that aren't uh, a lot of things that that some of these people are and so to sit there and say uh that we're a culture vulture uh, i i took the time to write down kazi a few things here and and i'm going to say it because uh, I, I i have a hard time understanding what your culture is but i want to be clear so that we do understand what if we may be a culture vulture or not okay because the bottom line is, is that if your culture is involved with certain things, I don't care about your culture, okay? A vulture picks off the bones of something that's dying, okay? So that's, that. by the way, that kind of says, you know, if they want to claim that, that their culture is, you know, a dying body and we're picking off the carcass of it, okay? That's one interesting thing. But they're, like I said, they're trying to make it that this is a thing about the black culture. This is a thing about Tupac. I guess if Tupac had a culture, Tupac's culture. But, you know, here, here's the culture that I have no interest in. Okay. If you think it's okay to lie to police, I give a crap about your culture. Okay. If you think it's okay to be a convicted felon, I give a crap about your culture. If you're a drug dealer, I give a crap about your culture. If you have, if you aid and abet the commission of a felony, like paying off witnesses to testify for somebody to get to keep them out of jail, I don't care about your culture. If you think it's okay to lie to people on a regular basis, I don't care about your culture. If you make your money from doing illegal things, I don't care about your culture. Okay. And as I said earlier, Kazi, we're here to solve a crime. Okay. I don't need to be taken on lessons of morality by people sitting behind bars, okay? I don't need life lessons, okay? I'm not going to take my life mentorship. It's not like I'm going to go down there and, and ask who wants to be my mentors, how I should live my life, or what I should think about things, because quite honestly, uh, never done those things I just mentioned, okay? Never did those things, all right? So if that's what being a culture vulture is then sorry dude i give a shit about your culture okay and and if that right. you know like i said but to, for me to be a vulture means you have to admit that you've got a dying carcass okay <clears throat> that's it if i'm the vulture then you're the dying carcass right right and it, i'm just there to the pick back, off right? your bones your helpless dead <laughs> dead laying in the gutter bleeding out bones and i'm there to go pick it okay i i, I I think I think what what he's trying to do is he's trying to make this basically kind of like a, a uh, black and white kind of yes thing, exactly trying to trying to make it racist well because again this right. is like trying to make the Vegas cops seem like they didn't want to solve the murder 
This is like because they didn't want to go with the narrative. This is like making me to be a racist because I didn't want to go with the narrative. This is like making you to be the groupie, Jesse to be the meth head. You know, you got got a cute name for everybody that doesn't want to do doesn't want to do that. Okay, and again, like I but said, you know, in the mirror, though. well, yes, hypocrisy runs deep. But I can I can just say that you know it, it, I what I want to make it clear because I'm not speaking to Reggie Wright directly I'm not that's not what I'm doing like you said I'm not doing that but there seems to be a lot of people that share that opinion and as we wrap this season I I want to make sure that I'm really clear about it there's a lot of you people out there that I don't want to get down with okay there's a lot of fans of Tupac out there that I don't want to get down with. If you want to hear right. and you want to solve the mystery or you want to solve a murder or you're interested in what happened or interested in why things happen the way they are, then we can get down all day and we can talk about it. But if you are if you think that I'm doing this because I'm the ultimate Tupac fan, then you're wrong and you, ha- you, you haven't figured that out yet. Yeah, I like Tupac's music. I thought he was a talented artist. I think that he was really tragically taken out in the early years of his life. I would have liked to have seen what he'd been like in his 30s about the time people kind of right. mellow out a little bit and actually kind of get their shit together, you know. I don't know too many 25-year-olds right. that have their shit together. I mean, that's the bottom line. Um, mm-hmm. And I would have liked to have seen what that would have looked like. So I think it's a, a terrible waste. And there were a lot of people, a lot of really good people that were hurt, were displaced. Their lives and their dreams were kind of dashed along with it. I mean, Afeni thought she had a house, didn't belong to her, belonged to Death Row, and they took it took it away just as soon as uh, Tupac died. Gloria Cox, his uh-huh. aunt, drove, sold their house, packed up the car like the Beverly Hillbillies and drove all the way across the United States because Tupac was going to get him a house right across the street from his house in Calabasas. And you know what? He died. That was the end of that dream. Okay? Tracy right. Robinson had a dream of working with Tupac and starting 24-7 productions with Gobi and doing that videos and doing other things with, with Tupac and his acting and all that. The Outlaws had a, had a career that they wanted to write off the tails of Pac and do their own thing and become their own group and, and become artists of their own. Their dreams died. So many people's dreams died as a result of that. How could you not look at it and say, man, what a, what a waste? What a waste. What a waste in, 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 so, in, in so many areas and so so much mismanagement and so much negligence. And, and I'll backtrack and add one more point and then I'm going to mm-hmm. digress from what i got to say. But essentially, you know, this person says that calls me a loser but has, you know, completely zero evidence of that and is making, you know, unfounded speculations. But, you know, coming from an upstanding citizen who is currently sitting in jail right now for his uh, failures, so, I mean, basically what it, what it comes down to, RJ, is that I don't have any time to waste on him. You know, I don't I don't share any of his, of his visions and I don't share any of his ideals. And I do pretty well for myself for what I do. Yeah. So, you know, I, I mean, well, again, it, it, this will be the last time I, I say anything about, about him. But you yeah, know, I, I mean, to, we got it, you know, because it, be, because for all of the, you know, he did say he wished me well. He did say he doesn't wish anything bad on me. Then, if that's the case, then why do you insult my friends? Okay, if you wish not, if you wish no harm on me, why do you insult my friends? Okay, why do you say right. that I am reducing myself by hanging out with people? You know, uh, you know these right. are, these people have been around for me when I needed them. These people have ran around to help. You know, there was a lot of times where uh, it was very difficult editorial decisions that I talked with Jesse about, and he added a lot of value to that. 
you know, and, and so, and, and he's not a meth head. He's never been a meth head. You know, yes, we, like I said, when we're 25 years old, we, you know, we don't know where we're going, but we get older, we mellow out, we change our ways, things happen. And, and especially from the people that want you to believe that they were a certain kind of character when they're younger years, but now that they're older and have a family, suddenly you, they want you to believe that they're completely changed people. Well, then how is it that you don't give that same respect or that same courtesy to other people? Okay, that's really what it comes down to, you know, treat others as you would like to be treated. And I will say that, you know, when and I already mentioned this once before, you know, when we did the the old shows with Jesse and and uh, we were doing that, you know, we really lost sight of something. And I I will admit it. We lost sight of the fact that, you know, um, it's not about the person. It's about the evidence. It's about. Uh, you know, trying to go where the evidence leads you rather than doing the very thing I accuse Greg Kading of doing, that's creating a frame and trying to make the picture fit in the frame, okay? Um, you know, rather than going going where the evidence leads you. So, you know, I, I think that, that, you know, less talking about people and more talking about facts and evidence can certainly help this thing get clear. And that's that's what we've tried to do. And I think that's what we've done a great job with with the podcast is that we're sticking with the evidence. We're sticking with what we know. And again, you know, I, I didn't ask Reggie to confirm or deny that they had a cream colored Cadillac that was part of the entourage. Okay. I, I didn't ask him to confirm that, but he did. Okay. He did. Now, again, you have to decide, is that important or is it not? Reggie thinks it's irrelevant that they had an off-white Cadillac. Well, maybe Vegas doesn't share that opinion and maybe they've got a reason for not sharing that opinion. I don't know, but I do know that the white Cadillac seems to be completely bifurcated from Orlando Anderson because there was a cream color Cadillac and yet Vegas, who are the lead investigators on it, said that they've never considered Orlando Anderson to be a suspect. And I do not think, I do not think for a minute that it's because Vegas police doesn't want to solve the crime. And I don't think for a minute because that they want to continually be the brunt of the LAPD or the Compton PD's jokes. Okay, I I think there are people that want to solve a crime and I think it's got to be very frustrating. Once a year they get called up. What are you going to say? What are you going to tell us about the case? What are you going to tell us about the case? And yet at the end of the day, they can't say much because they really can't talk about an ongoing investigation. Their hands are tied. Okay, Uh and and so, you know, but every year they got to deal with it. And then, of course, when they don't say anything about it, it's oh, see, it's the same thing. Vegas police aren't really doing anything. Solve the investigation. Well, we've talked about that. We, you know, I, I, I believe that there are some key pieces of information that need one or two more things, and that may all be all it, it is. Maybe a lot of stuff, but it may only be one or two more things, you know. And and I don't think it's Suge Knight admitting that Orlando Anderson did it, okay? Because if they've never considered yeah. Orlando Anderson to be a suspect, Suge Knight saying that he thought it was Orlando Anderson is it, it it's objectively leading to something, but it doesn't necessarily close the case, okay? And so that's why they're still holding on to 1,900 pages of evidence and documents, including those MGM tapes. Okay? Right. You know, okay. so so uh, I, I would, uh, you know, stay tuned, folks, because, you know, there's going to be more, definitely, as we continue to keep dropping through these things. Uh, you know, other projects that we're working on, uh, we're going to put it out, you know, and I'll probably put out a little bit of a video, maybe a little explainer talking a little bit about that but but ultimately i think that what we're going to do is is actually take a little bit more time now 
we wanted to get it out to the fans to know that there was progress. There are things out there. We have them. And now it's time to take those things, not spoil them and not let uh, people just throw rocks at them and dismiss them out of hand, but give them the give them the gravity of what it is that this information is bringing. And so for that reason, we're not really going to mention much more about what we know about those files. We're going to work them just like we do. And if there's something to say about it, you know, we'll put it out there. But, you know, um, I don't. I don't think that we have enough people, and if you're a fan of the podcast or you're a fan of the live streams, I would encourage you, don't watch the other stuff, okay? If you watch it, if you want to, it's your free. It's a free country, you can do what you want to, but, you know, why in the world would you want to keep tuning in to a bunch of people who, you know, clearly have no interest in resolving anything? I mean, if they're really that hot on that Orlando Anderson did it, Besides Keith Davis, what else have they brought up? What else have they said? Okay, uh-huh. you know wh- who who else who else of the other f- three people that were in the car? Where's one of their relatives coming forward saying that they were told that they did it? Ooh, maybe I just gave it away. Maybe 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 they maybe that's the, they'll, uh-huh. they'll, they'll go find a relative or something. <laughs> say, somebody did it. Oh yeah, yeah somebody. Yeah, well, 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 let me let me let me ask you a question. Yeah. And, and I know that we're getting we're getting pretty close to the end here, but if do you, do you believe that if they really wanted to solve the case, if Greg Kading really wanted to make his 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 case really stick, like he says that he solved the case, even though he has a show called Unsolved. Unsolved, yeah, but, right, yeah. But the when when the one other person that was was alive during, uh, I think he died in 2015. He died in a um, weed dispensary, which was uh, Terrence Brown and. Do you, do you believe that there could have been a way that they could have entrapped Terrence Brown like they supposedly entrapped Teresa Swan and how they've gotten all these people to confess to these things if they really if they really wanted to do that to, to wrap up the case? Or do you think it was just bogus all the way around and that's the reason why Terrence well, Brown again, was never you know, entrapped? Here, again, here, here's the bottom line. You know, and Russell and I talked many days about where where the case was in regards to who might have jurisdiction for the homicide. Vegas has jurisdiction for the homicide because that's where it took place. Um, there is an argument that says that if the murders were planned out and a conspiracy to commit a murder was planned out in Los Angeles, that Los Angeles might have jurisdiction because that's where the actual crime committed. The actual murder itself was an extension of that crime. Okay, But for people who wanted to solve a murder... I mean, that's the best you could do. You got Teresa Swan, and you got who was handed over by Reggie Wright because they knew each other, and Keith Davis mumbles. Okay, what? what other piece of evidence do you have to back any one of those claims? I mean, even those claims themselves. I mean, for all those years and all that time that supposed task force was out there, uh, you know, you'd think there would be bubble up or anybody else i mean if they caught keefy d how come right. they didn't catch any of the other guys in the car okay exactly Why four didn't years they... he was alive yeah four years yeah four years yeah so Nothing. why so why yeah exactly so you know and and that and then again uh where is the uh you know i mean gosh there's not somebody's bubble up's best friend that came forward and said oh he told me that i wouldn't believe it if he did but especially now but, you know, where is that? I mean, they were so quick to want to piss all over the confession letter and run down to the patents and run down to some broad that was like supposed to be his sister. It was his niece. And, 
she, you know, did the, they killed Tupac. You know, they, <laughs> that bullshit. They, when they, yeah. they, you know, <laughs> they, 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 they went to a lot of trouble. Okay. They went to a lot of time and effort. I wish they'd put that kind of same time and effort into backing their own story rather than putting ours uh-huh. down because it doesn't agree with their narrative. How about putting a little more time into proving your own case? You know, if you have the guy and you know the end of the story, it's not hard to fill it back in. But then again, what other, I mean, you know, Greg Kading, I guess apparently has got thousands of interviews. Isn't that what he said? He had in his binder hundreds of interviews of people that, uh, you know, that can all corroborate to this. Well, well, I'm not seeing a lot of facts. I'm not seeing a lot of facts come out of it, you know. Um, I, you know, it's like, for example, I mean, I think we know where Orlando Anderson was staying in Vegas. We think we know where they're staying at the Monte Carlo, if I'm not mistaken. I've got the hotel bills there with the telephone numbers on it, the Vegas guy. Okay. Yeah. But you know, did he stay longer afterwards? There's some dispute about that. You know, did he go back right away? There's some dispute about that. You know, there's, there's a lot of things that we still don't know. And for all the people that they say they've got connected to this, that have talked, not a lot of detailed information went into murder rap that that I saw anyway. Not a lot of details. So, you know, but that's why we keep pushing forward because we know that there's a crime to solve here. We know that there's something that's that's not right, and we need to keep looking for it. Was it you know was it person A, person B, or person C? I don't know, but we're we're certainly going to keep plowing through it. We're certainly going to keep looking to see what rocks things are under but you know just don't be so quick that because people yell and scream and about how they already have it solved and yet the the law enforcement agency with jurisdiction isn't agreeing with them that doesn't mean that the law enforcement agency that's disagreeing with them is not doing their jobs i think that's a hell of a cop out so pardon the pun yeah no i got you um well i guess i'll I'll give you my final thoughts i really enjoyed i mean even joining on the second the, the latter part of this season two really enjoyed getting on the podcast and chopping it up with you and talking about everything and uh, about the tupac case and just uh, different ideals or whatnot and i just uh, encourage the the fans out there to take a look at what we have presented on the live stream with the documents that we presented and make your own judgments you know, I think one of the things that I think we've kind of gotten away from, RJ, which was which was good, you know, compared to previous previous years is, you know, kind of keeping the head of security's name out of the equation, so to speak, and just, uh, you know, allowing the documents speak for themselves. If, if people come to the conclusion that he had some part to do with the, uh, you know, the assassination set up, then, then certainly go with that. And if you don't believe that, then, you, you know, that's your right as well, but that's really all I have to say and I look forward to doing a season three with you and then of course doing a bigger project so we can get a we can have more of a more of a pool in the Tupac community so to speak yeah I I I think so you know I could have said it about myself it's been a lot of fun working with you on the last parts of the uh, thing we're gonna pick it right back up again as always you'll be with me on season three uh with it uh we're gonna take a little time to uh like I said, get through some of this documents, but uh, as always, man, it's it, it's a party, and uh, we uh, gonna we're gonna do more uh, for the fans. We're gonna do more for the community. Uh, you know, 
feel free not to tune in if you're you think we're culture vultures or I've defined one of your cultures I don't care about. Uh, you know, we can we we can deal with that then. But anyway, uh, for all of you who do care, we got more for you. Stay tuned. Hit the live shows Thursdays on JM's channel. Or we'll do a live show. We will continue to keep doing the live shows even during our hiatus on the podcast. Uh, we'll do that because I think there's some follow-up. People have let some of this information soak in. They're now hearing what you know the other side and the narrators are saying about uh, the uh, uh, about their you know their beliefs on it, and uh, and so it's going to create more questions. And I look forward to answering all of your questions in time. So, on behalf of Mr. J M Kazi, this is R J Bond, and that's what I know. RJ Bond, what I know. Copyright Martin Productions 2020. All rights reserved. No part of this may be reproduced without express written permission of Martin Productions. Special thanks to JM Kazi. He's out.